this morning and happy to be here. The fellowship was going on quite lively, you know, I mean, we get started at quarter after, you know, it's like going crazy this morning, but um, excited to see you all here, excited to see you guys, excited to see each other, I guess, and I hope you're just as excited to praise the Lord this morning and um, worship Him. Is He worthy? I believe that He is. Um, if you were reading His Word this morning, just as we just sang, it gave you direction this week and it gave you a light to where to go and what to do, and um, I've often, so many times when I'm wondering, you know, where am I at or what am I doing, it's so exciting. You just open the Word, and it's like God just knows exactly what I needed, and sometimes it's in a way that I never understood I needed, and I love that. I love that God's Word always fits. Phil told me one time, years and years ago, there's always an answer for every situation in Scripture, maybe not spelled out in the way we want it to be, but so often it's exactly what we need rather than what we're looking for. And I believe scripture does just that. Let's all stand this morning. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No
maybe just trying to figure out why we can't hear the piano. Um, it's not your fault. I think it's in our ears. Um, but so this morning, is it a glorious day? Why is it a glorious day? Well, that is a reason for a glorious day. <laughs> for those of you who Jordan hasn't told yet, which I don't want to spoil Jordan's story, but um, he gave his life to Christ on Wednesday night. So it's a... I, I'm sorry if I get excited when my youth, my youth, I call them all my youth, but when they decide to follow Jesus and give everything they have to him, it's exciting as I'll get out. To me, yeah, I don't know. It's like I, I consider all of them my kids in some weird way, but um, no offense to all the parents that have kids, but I don't know why. I just We just adopt them all, and they become very special to us. And, yeah, it's really exciting. What'd you say? Yeah. <laughs> well, there was hope for Ali. There's hope for Jordan, so... <laughs> So this morning we're going to have a communion too this morning. So be thinking about this as we're singing and as you have a testimony. Just please look at it in a way of what is God doing? Why is communion special? Why is it something that we do? Um, we just celebrated Easter. But communion is a part of that. It's, it's to do in remembrance of Christ and what he did for us. And if you have a testimony or something to share on that, be thinking on that as we're singing of what God is doing and what he has done and who he is and why is it important to remember him.
one church empowered by him. Communion of God's people, forgiveness of our sins, our bodies resurrected to everlasting life. We worship love and wonder before the throne of communion or communing with God and I mean we're different time frames different time you know time zones all over the world but people seeking one true God and worshiping and praising him and I think that's I think it's just beautiful and I can go over to Thailand like we did in February and I can meet with people in the villages that are I mean their whole life is so different than mine and yet their testimony is the same of what God is doing. It's the same peace and joy. It's the same desire, and it's the same God who is working in them through the Holy Spirit. And I just think it's beautiful. We are one, truly one body of Christ. If anybody has something to share? Hear the call of the kingdom, lift your eyes to the king. Let his song rise within you as a fragrant offering of how God, rich in mercy, came in Christ to redeem all who trust in his unfailing grace. Hear the call of the kingdom to be children.
thank you so much this morning that truly the lamb was worthy lord there was not a blemish on him he had lived a perfect life before you in submission to you in obedience to you and without sin and lord that today we may have salvation that the veil can be torn because we have a lamb that was worthy the blood the ultimate blood sacrifice that was given and Lord, I just thank you so much for Jesus Christ. And Lord, the life that he lived, 
and the salvation that he brought through his sacrifice. We just praise you this morning, Lord, and thank you for all that you are and all that you are doing. Pray that you would continue to meet with us today, Lord, not because of us being anything outside of you, but because of what we are, because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to work in us each as we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us and speak in us and through us. And Lord, that we would see more and more of you and our life that is before us, dedicated and given over to the things of you. In Jesus Christ, amen. You may be seated. Um, I don't remember who's on for children this morning. Glee is. You going to sing with them too? No? Okay. I'm going to let you just have children's lesson this morning. We went late enough. Oh, we got to sing happy birthdays? Uh, okay. You could just do it in Spanish, if nothing else. I mean, how is it they do it down there? Everybody has to clap and... Okay, you ready to sing in Spanish? I'm not going to sing. I'm going to sit back and watch this. <laughs> no, I'm not going to sing, guys. You're going to leave. You're going to have nightmares tonight if I sing. <laughs> who's, who's the birthday person? Who's? Ah. Oh, Denzel. Megan. What do you mean, 02? That's February, right? No, that's the 2nd of May. Yeah. Jaden and Anessa. Are you 17, Anessa? Ooh. I mean, you only got like two years left. The teen. No, you got three years left. 19 is still a teenager. All right. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear everyone. Happy birthday to you. May the good Lord bless you. May the good Lord bless you. May he bless you and keep you. Happy birthday to you. Now the children can come forward. Okay. Is this on? Okay, children, you can... Yeah, you can sit over here if you want. <clears throat> How are you all doing today? Good? Nice. Okay. Woo, nice. So, today I have a story for you, but I, I'm actually going to need your help to tell the story to you. Okay? What is the first, first book of the Bible? 
okay, the story of Adam and Eve, that's right, right? In Genesis, what does the Bible say in Genesis? The very beginning, what does it say? In the beginning... Goodness, he created every single thing that exists. Plants. Plants, trees, the plants, the animals, everything. And it was beautiful. The people. He created the people. What are their names? Remember their names? Adam and Eve. Okay? So, can you imagine? Let's come all over here. Let's come over here. Come, 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 come. Really quick. So, let's imagine that we are... This is just an example, okay? The people that got created... Right? And we are enjoying the garden. Remember the name of the garden? Eden. Eden. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ah, yeah, right. So we are, you know, like walking, let's walk around and see the trees and see the animals. We all are looking around and like, oh, and God is telling them, guys, I created all this so you can enjoy. Okay? And keep walking, keep walking and see the animal. And then we hear an elephant over here. Elephant. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And then, oh, there is a, there is a, a tiger over here. Big tiger. That's a big tiger, okay? And then he was telling me, okay, guys, you can enjoy everything, but there is one thing that I'm going to ask you not to eat from. What is it? Eat from the tree of good and evil. Yeah, that was pretty close, yes. The tr no, he was right. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, my friend. You were right. Do not eat from this fruit. And it actually looked really nice. Imagine that the tree is over there, okay? So Adam and Eve were like, okay, we're not supposed to eat from this tree, right? But Satan told them to eat it. That is the tree, okay. And, and then what happened? Remember what happened? But why? There was a... So the snake told them a lie. Guys, this is very important. Listen to this. Because Adam and Eve did not know it was a lie. It looked at first like a good thing. Remember what the snake said? The snake said, it's okay. Nothing is going to happen if you eat it. Actually, it's going to be really good for you. You're going to become like God. I was just going to say you're going to become like God. You're going to become like God. And it sounded like a really good thing. So what did they do? They ate it. Wow. And then what happened, remember? Yes, God came and they were hiding. They were hiding from the Lord. They were ashamed of what they did. Right? And God had to send them out of the garden. Okay, let's go sit down. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something about this story. Sit over here. Sorry, sit over here. So, that story, that story is really sad, okay? Because Adam and Eve, they listened to the snake. And they did what the snake told them to do. 
Now, did you know, oh, are you okay? <laughs> did you know, guys, did you know that it, that is something that still happens today? You know why? Because that snake, that snake is still going around. Maybe not in the shape of a snake, right? But you know that the enemy of God, the devil, he's still around. And the Bible says that he's already defeated. I mean, he, he lost already. But he's still trying to get some people to walk away from God. Okay? And one of the ways that he's trying to do that is he goes to every single one of us. You see all these guys? He's trying to attack, to attack all of us but you too. Now, hey, listen. You, do not, you do, do not need to get scared. Don't be afraid of him because God is with you. God is with you whenever we go somewhere. That is correct. Now, God, God gave us his word. You know, we call the Bible, right? That book. If you had a stick, you can whack him. If you had a stick, you can whack him. Oh, he says that you can get a stick and hit it. Uh -oh. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I guess. But what I want to tell you is something about this. Okay? In the Bible, there is a book called Proverbs. Have you heard about that book? You guys heard about that book? You did. Awesome. You did? You know what Proverbs are? Kind of. I read it a few times. Amazing. Uh, that's a good thing. You, you guys should keep reading Proverbs. So, do you know that Proverbs was written by this guy called Solomon? Okay. And Solomon, listen to this. This is very important. Solomon is considered, considered the most wisest man in the history of the world. He was so smart. So, so smart. Knowledge and understanding. He was really, really good at it. Can you imagine receiving an You know what an advice is? You know what it is? Advice? You know what that word means? It means when somebody tells you something, okay, that you should or should not do based on the experience that that people had. Okay? So Solomon, he was so smart. And he wrote a book, Proverbs. And his book... In his book, he tells his kids, his son, he tells him this. He says, son, listen to me. Pay attention and be obedient to my words. You need to be obedient to your mom and to your dad. And you need to be aware because the enemy is right there trying to get you. So you need to be smart and think about what the world and the devil are trying to do. But don't worry, God is with you. And you will be able to do it because Jesus is with you. And sometimes, you know, sometimes this snake sometimes comes and it tells you, I think, I think you're too short. Nobody's too short. Nobody's too tall. Sometimes he, he comes and tells you like, your hair is too dark. Or it's too light. That's not right. 
Because God created us like this. God is an artist. He likes different styles. He likes tall people. He likes short people. Right? Yeah, with dark hair, light hair, it doesn't matter. So we, we should not listen to that voice. Okay? And I also want to tell you this. If you ever receive something from anybody, even if you know this person, and if this person is telling you something that is wrong, that is against the Bible, or that it makes you go against your daddy and your mommy, be careful. Be careful because the Bible says that we all should obey our parents. It's a good thing for us. Okay? So, hey, don't be scared. God is with you, and you are not alone. Okay? We love you guys. You may go have your seat now. Thank you, Ellie. I think you definitely uh, got their attention on that one, and I believe that's a story that will stick with them. Thank you for sharing that. It's good to have you all here and uh, being a part of our time of worship and praise. And hopefully you've all heard from the Lord already here this morning. Let's see if we have any announcements before uh, we go on into the service. I think it's mostly just our regular things. We have lunch again provided after the service, so uh, please do stay for that and uh, enjoy that time of fellowship and uh, also continue to spread the word about our youth retreat coming up in August. Uh, registration is going to open on that here very shortly, so feel free to uh, spread the word on that. Um, I don't think I have a lot of other Announcements. When's the next uh, book Bible study, Phil? So a week and a half, two weeks, something like that. So our uh, our service this morning uh, is, is going to be a little bit different. We have our communion breaking of bread service this morning, and what we want to do, rather than just you know tacking it on to the end of the service, kind of as an afterthought, if you will, is to make our service, our uh, time here, be about that. And I'll let Phil get into that. He'll moderate that time of the service. But that being said, we want everyone to be able to to share to uh, whether it's what God has done for you, what this time of communion means to you, and or really anything else, any uh, any way we can pray for you, really anything. We want it to be an interactive service where each of you get to to share and, and really be an, an active part of the service. And I'll, uh, I'll let uh, Phil moderate um, that part of the service. One thing I, I did want to do before we got too much farther, I am so glad to see uh, John and Sarah here again, been gone for a couple weeks again. And I'm just always amazed how the, the Lord works in your lives in... Uh, difficulties and health situations and as you travel back and forth and 
seeing the Lord being faithful to you, and it's good to have you back again. Can we take a minute and, and pray for you guys in your uh, continued health situation, Mama, and, and uh, just that God would continue to give you guys grace and uh, as you walk the path that God has for you. Father, I thank you for John and Sarah. I thank you, Lord, that you have uh, put them here in in this body and for the the blessing that you have had on their lives for the testimony of, of so many years. And I thank you for their trust in you and the example that they are to us in that. So I pray, Father, as they continue to walk through health-related issues and whatever else comes their way that, that you have given them, I pray that you would grant them a special grace and strength. And I pray especially for Sarah that you would give, you, give her continued healing and grace to walk the path that you have for her. But, Father, that you would continue to give her restoration and, and strength and that you would, most of all, fill them with your peace and your joy as they continue to serve you. We thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Phil, and, and I'll let you uh, moderate the next portion of the service. We are going to uh, pretty much start with the, with the breaking of bread and, and build the rest of the, uh, our time here together around that. So, Phil. First of all, I think we should join the heavenly hosts. Jesus said in Luke chapter 15, there is more joy in heaven. When is there more joy in heaven? Can someone tell me? Over one sinner who repents. Then what Jesus rejoices over all the 99. In Luke 15, Jesus gives three stories. The first one was a shepherd who lost his, one of his little sheep. And that's where Jesus says in Luke chapter 15, verse 7, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. I don't know about you, but whenever I repent, my joy increases. You see, the devil has us fooled so many times in thinking it's a shame to have to repent of sin in our life. And that's how he traps us and keeps us from true repentance and humility because he knows What's going to happen in heaven? And he's out to make sure that doesn't happen. Because when heaven rejoices over me, my joy becomes full. My cup runs over. Amen, Jordan? And then Jesus gives another story about a lost coin. And he again says it in verse 10. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then he gives us the story of what we call the prodigal son. One who had been 
in the house with the father, but he went his own way. And then he says this, at the end of the story, verse 32 of Luke 15. But we had to be merry and rejoice. We had to be merry and rejoice. Now, I don't know if you know what that word merry means, because we don't really sing it or use that word except at Merry Christmas, right? And most of us don't even know what the word merry means. Can someone tell me what that word means? Okay. How do, you, how do you show people you're joyful? It's a word of action, by the way. Look what he says. We had to be merry. What did they do? Singing and dancing? They had a party. That's what they did. They had a big feast. That's how they were made merry. They celebrated. And that's exactly what... In verse 29, the father said to his older brother, but he answered and said to his father, I'm sorry, the, the father says uh, in verse 32, and rejoice for this brother of yours was dead and hast begun to live. He was lost and has been found. Jordan, would you mind just coming forward and, and telling us sharing a testimony with us. In Revelation chapter 12, it tells us, and they were saved by the word of their testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. So I'm going to give you an opportunity. You can make it as short as long as you want. And then ministry team and whoever else wants to join us, let's come and pray over him and just rededicate him to the Lord. Well, first off, um, I am just absolutely joyful to be here this morning. And I guess I'll just go back about three years. Well, I'll just start back when I was a kid. I was, I don't know, I was really young when I, when I gave my life to God. I don't think that I fully understood what it was and the commitment. Um, I was raised in a good family, went to a good church, and tried my best to follow God till about 15 or 16. And I really felt it, really felt that God was calling me to surrender to him. And I tried doing that on my own strength and completely failed. Um, there was just something that came up that didn't seem wrong in the, at, to start with and led me down a very wrong path. Um, about, I don't know, July of last year, God cut that off in a rather dramatic way that hurt and felt like it was the worst thing ever, but looking back, I am very thankful for what God has done. Um, just moving on, just over the past few months, I've, I can't say that I've been running from God, but there wasn't really a desire for him. It was just living every day. Some days were good, some days were bad just trying to survive through life. Um, something that Preston actually told me to do was ask God to give me a desire for him. And so I just did that. And, you know, just kept living my life, whatever. And just over time, I, I, I can, I, I see now that I'm not the brightest of guys because 
God did a really good sneak attack on me. <laughs> but looking back, I can see God working in my life. I can see him drawing me to him. I can see I can see him making me just see how that I'm able to trust him. And it was Wednesday. I was at work sitting, polishing a wheel, the most holy of places to be. <laughs> and I just stopped my music. And I don't stop my music because I have to have something going 24-7 or my mind just starts spinning. So I just stopped my music, let my mind go a little bit, and I just felt God like asking me, are you willing to surrender? And any time that happened before, it was just no. I'm, I'm going to fight. I'm going to live my own life. Wednesday came around. I had no fight left in me. He, I didn't do anything. He just drew me to him. He saw that, made me see that I can trust him and that he got me. And it wasn't some big emotional thing for me. It was, I just told God, I give you my life. I repented of some things. And um, one of the guys I was talking to said that repentance is a change of mind. And I've had a change of mind and a change of heart to where even if things come up, I know where I stand. I serve the most amazing God, and I've found to be amazing at the times when I, sometimes work just gets miserable, and I just get so exhausted, but during those times, I'm just like, Jesus, help me, and I just have to start, I literally will start laughing because I'm like, this is where God wants me to be. He doesn't want me to have my own strength and to be able to be so strong, but just to depend on him, and I have just found it to be amazing, and there's times when I get stressed out that I'll just stop, take five minutes, and just go by myself, talk to God. All of a sudden, next thing I know, I'm laughing and just so excited to be alive, and I am so excited to be here this morning and sharing this with all of you, and for those of you that have prayed and just pointed me to God, just thank you all, and if there's someone that you know that's maybe not living right, that's just seeming like they're not turning, just pray for them. Just point them to God. Just, I've had people in my life that are just, I see them as mirrors of God. They just reflect God's love, his passion, and the passion they have for God. And just, that's, that's what I want to do. I don't want to, I don't want to be anything but just a big mirror that I can point people back to God. That's probably one of the more powerful things that led me to him, just seeing people's passion for him and just seeing God through them. So I just want to praise God for being faithful. Yes. Um, I have walked down some dark and very sinful paths, and he has, he never left me. The Bible says he will never leave you and forsake you or forsake you, and that is the absolute truth. I can attest to that. I can look back over all those times even in the midst of my sin and see where he was right there beside me. So if it feels dark, if it feels like there's no hope, don't give up. I mean, honestly, just the past weekend before I gave my life to God, it was, I was just talking with Preston because Preston, I was dealing with some 
what I thought was depression, it probably was more spiritual warfare than I actually realized. But this world is a dark place. If you try and do it on your own, it's a dark place. Your, my mind was an absolutely dark place. But just look to Jesus. Look to God because he's, he's the only one who can save us from this. And he can give you a joy that uh, I just didn't quite know is possible. So <laughs> I'm just so blessed to be here this morning. I asked Jordan, how are you doing this morning? Gave him a hug and he said, amazing. And I was like, okay. You have to understand the word amazing isn't that amazing to me because my wife uses it all the time. Everything's amazing. So, But when he explained what was amazing about it, I, I was amazed. Let's sing that song together before we pray. I stand amazed. Can you lead us in that, Carrie? I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he can love me a sinner condemned unclean how marvelous how wonderful and my song shall ever be how marvelous to come and join. Just come on over. We'll circle our brother and bless him, Carrie. Heavenly Father, thank you so much this morning, Lord, that we can rejoice with Jordan and with the heavenly host, Lord, that there is one more lost soul that is found, one more that is committed to you. And Lord, I pray that as he goes forward and into this life, Lord, that he would have strength. And Lord, that he would find his strength in you, in the word of God. And Lord, that you would fill him with your Holy Spirit. And as the times come forward and as the pressures of this world and the temptations of this world face him, Lord, that he would do just as he was saying. He would go off and he would find his Lord and that he would give himself to you and ask for your direction and your guidance, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would just strengthen his inner man. And Lord, as Ephesians said, that he would be renewed in the spirit of his mind, Lord, that he would find you and you alone in all that he does. Thank you so much, Lord, for your faithfulness and answered prayer and, and bringing Jordan to this place, Lord, of surrender to you. And Lord, that I can truly look at him and say, brother, and know that we look forward to a hope that is all eternity, Lord, together. Just thank you, Lord Jesus. There's a verse... Uh I often think about, and that's Hebrews 1, 9, and uh, it's where God anointed Jesus with the oil of gladness above everybody else, above his fellows, and uh, because he loved righteousness and hated iniquity. In other words, in our language, it would be because he loved to do the truth, he loved to do right, he was honest, and uh, he hated sin. Therefore, God has anointed him with the oil of gladness above everyone. Since I'm not surprised you're happy. Praise the Lord. When we walk with the Lord, we're happy. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for Jordan, that he was willing to take that step.
follow you, Lord Jesus, just like our Lord Jesus did, Lord. He followed God, and, and God, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord. We know you're all one, and now we could be one with you, Lord. Thank you so much for Jordan, and that we could be a part, Lord, of, of, of seeing this change, Lord, in his life, yes. Lord. And thank you. You have changed us, and we're so thankful for it, that we could be a part of the body of Christ. And bless our communion this morning in a wonderful way that you could be up, uphill again and again today in our lives. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness once Amen, again. Lord. No matter what, you've been faithful in each of our lives and and now once again in the lives of our in the life of our brother Jordan. Father, I thank you for your the faithfulness of your Holy Spirit to as you promised to draw all men to you. Thank you for that drawing power of your Holy Spirit. Father, may that never grow weak in Jordan's life or in any of our lives. That we would continue to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to draw us closer and closer to you. Lord, I thank you for our brother and just pray that you would continue to fill him with your joy and your peace as he continues to walk each step through the hard times, through the good times, through whatever he may face in the coming days and years, that your joy would continue to be his strength throughout all of his life. In Jesus' name. Amen, Lord. We just continue to lift up our dear brother. Hallelujah! Glory to the name of Jesus alone. You are the only one who can save a soul. You're the only one who can forgive our sins, Lord Jesus. And today we celebrate you with all the angels of heaven and all the saints around the throne saying, Amen. Glory, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Father, I thank you for doing it again in our precious brother. And I pray that today, Lord, we pray you would arm him with the armor of God. Oh, Lord, raise him up, I pray, with the zeal of a good soldier of Jesus Christ, where he now battles, Lord, not only for his own soul, but for the souls of others, Lord. I pray, send him into the front lines, Lord Jesus, and make him a soldier of Jesus Christ armed with the gospel of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray, Father, that you would equip him and that he would put on the full armor of God. And Lord, you would use him mightily in your kingdom. You are looking for young people, young men, Lord, like yourself, that you can fill with your Holy Spirit. And they go forth into every day to make a difference in souls, in the lives of the people they meet. All I pray, Lord Jesus, use him as an ambassador of heaven on earth for the rest of his days here. In Jesus' name, amen. Anthony was sharing. Uh, we want to celebrate the Lord. I, I have been praying and reading through the scriptures 
And the Lord has been putting this one word deeply on my heart in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And it, it, it spawned out of something that Brother Dave said the last time we had communion. He said, Let's, we don't want to make this just a dead work. Something that we do first Sunday of the month. And I've been praying through that and asking the Lord, Lord, keep us from letting this become just a dead work. And the Lord took me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Paul is saying to the church at Corinth, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the same night which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant. When you take that cup and you drink that little bit of grape juice, you are again renewing your marriage vows to Jesus Christ. That's how he sees it. He's saying, You are again entering this covenant with me that I have given to you. It was his idea, and he came and proposed to us. And we're just simply saying, just like Jordan did on Wednesday, yes, Lord, I surrendered all. That's what this is all about. A renewal of the covenant of his love. In my blood, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the Lord hung me up on that word remembrance. Can someone tell me what the word is in the Greek meaning of it? Or what some other words are that your translations might call it? Yes? A memory? Okay. Invoking? Yep. It has that meaning. It means something that happened in the past. All of a sudden, you know, our phones nowadays, they have all these memories that all of a sudden flash up almost every day. Today, one year ago, and pictures start flashing up. Your phone do that to you? Oh, it's only Google Photos. Okay. You should all get a Google Photo phone. Because it creates what I call Ebenezer's. Michael, can you tell them what an Ebenezer is? So Michael and I traveled to uh, Arizona uh, two weeks ago. And as we drove along the way, I kept pointing out Ebenezer's to Michael. Hey, there's where we traveled this road before. Lukey and I, or all of us as a family. And Michael's like, wow, you have a lot of places where you say, hey, there's where. What's up with that, Dad? And I said, oh, let me tell you my secret. They are my Ebenezers. Can someone tell me what the word means? It's a Hebrew word that you'll find in the Old Testament that God introduced to Israel. Someone tell me what the word means? Anava? Hitherto the Lord has helped us. 
And God said, whenever you come to this place and God has really helped you, you build a rock pillar. And when your children ask you about this rock pillar, hey, dad, what's with that rock pillar? You say, oh, let me tell you the story. This is an Ebenezer. Hitherto the Lord helped us. And you tell your sons and your children the story of how God helped you. We should, our life should be full of Ebenezers. And this is the most important one. Hitherto the Lord has delivered us. Forgiven all my sins. And has delivered me from the power of sin. The devil went under my feet. Romans 16. Paul says, God will crush Satan under your feet. He takes him from where he was in Judas, in his heart, in John 13. It says, Judas entered, the devil entered Judas's heart. Takes him out of your heart, puts him under your feet. That's an Ebenezer. But this word here is something even stronger. It means to celebrate. As often as you do this, you do this in celebration of me. And the Lord just convicted me. You know Dave's concern that he shared with us? Don't let this become a dead work. And the Lord said, stop treating it in a minimal kind of way. You know how you minimize something from your screen? That which took the full screen on your computer becomes this little icon down in the corner, right? And all of a sudden the Lord convicted me. You are just tacking this celebration on the end of a service. That's not celebrating me. And then I went back and began to read. You see, whenever the Lord gives you a conviction of truth, you should go read. Where that truth was introduced to man by God and how man celebrated that truth. And that's what I did. I went back to Exodus chapter 12. You can write these down and go read them. Can someone tell me what happened there? The first Passover. What happened? That's right. It was a matter of life and death that night. How was Israel? What, in what condition were they in? Were, were they all in their beds sleeping? What were they doing? They were getting ready to move out. Every Israelite family and others who joined them, they were not in their beds that night. What were they doing? They were ready to go. They were making themselves ready. So the first Passover was an act of preparation. That's what this Passover ought to be. It should be that which makes us ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. A time of preparation in our life for that which God is going to do because it was a matter of life and death. Someone died that night if they did not make themselves ready. And Paul tells the Corinthians here in 1 Corinthians 11, it still is that way. 
He said, because you haven't made yourself ready to meet the Lord, this act, this very act, kills some of you. It will kill you spiritually if you're not doing it with a heart of preparation and a heart of expectation that the Lord is going to bring not only life to you, but deliverance. He didn't only spare their life with the angel of death that night, with the blood of the lamb. Whoever was spared also got delivered from Egypt. So it was a life of deliverance, a life of action, prepared action. And then I went to Leviticus, where Paul, where uh, Moses, through God, gave them the instruction of celebration, how to remember it. You can read this in Leviticus chapter 23. You can also read it in Numbers chapter 28. If you want to read, write these down, it'd be good for you to go back and read it. That's what I did. And then you can read it in Deuteronomy 16. And every time that God gave Israel instruction on how to celebrate this, it was a holy time. It was a time of preparing their hearts to meet their God. And it was a time of preparation. And they did something. The Lord told them they needed to celebrate this for a while. Can someone tell me how often or how long the celebration was to last? Seven days. And they were to celebrate it in such a meaningful way that it became such a powerful Ebenezer in their life that their kids never forgot it. You know what they did? Can someone tell me what, what meaningful way that they celebrated it? Did they just come together at the tabernacle and break a piece of bread and drink a little grape juice? No. What did they first do? Okay. Yep. They all left their homes. Where did they live? Where did they live? In tents. They all had to build little tents around the tabernacle and live there for seven days. And that's how they celebrated the feast of the Passover. Do you think we're missing anything? We come together, sing a little song, and in 10 minutes it's over. That's not how they celebrated their deliverance or their life that God had brought them out to. And then I read some more examples. You see, Israel lost this celebration over many years. And you can find in 2 Chronicles chapter 29, this is a really powerful story, Hezekiah the king was a righteous king, and the first thing he did, the first month of his reign, he was 25 years old, the first week of the first month of his reign, the first thing he did was he opened the temple doors. Israel had gone off worshiping idols. And Hezekiah opens the temple doors, he brings the Levites in, they cleanse the temple, he restores worship, and the first thing he did was he celebrated the Passover. He called all Israel together. And God did something special through Hezekiah. 
Hezekiah, that king, was about in the middle of Israel's reign from David to Zedekiah, Josiah's son, who was the last king of Israel. Then God did it again through Josiah. At the ending of the nation of Israel as a kingdom, Josiah was eight years old when he began to be king. He was anointed as king. But once he was 16 years old, he began to get this urge to cleanse the temple, and he did it again. And I want to read this to you, because this is very, very powerful. Turn your Bibles with me to Second Chronicles. This story amazes me in more ways than one. Second Chronicles, chapter 35, verse 18. I'll, I'll read verse uh, 17. Thus the sons of Israel who were present celebrated the Passover at that time and the feast of unleavened bread seven days. Now listen to this. And there had not been a celebrated there had not been celebrated a Passover like it in Israel since the days of Samuel. Not even King David called Israel to this kind of a celebration. Since the days of Samuel the prophet, nor had any of the kings of Israel celebrated such a Passover as Josiah did with the priests, the Levites, all Judah and Israel who were present and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And God came down and sanctified his people. And I'm sharing these things with you because this is how the Lord shared it with me. You want to keep, you want to keep communion alive? You want to keep it real? Then make it central. And we celebrate it every first Sunday of every month. It's again a conviction I felt like the Lord put on my heart. Put me first. The first Sunday of every month. Celebrate me. And don't just tack me on to a little service or something. Celebrate me as a people. Because if you don't, you'll lose that anointing of the Holy Spirit. The freshness and the impactful meaning of it will lose, and it'll become just a dead work. Unfortunately, many in Israel over that time in Josiah didn't do it from their hearts. And I share this yet one more thing as a warning from us. You can do it because I'm calling you to it. And, you know, when, when someone who leads out in the church kind of calls the church into something, you just, okay, that sounds like a good idea, Phil, and you do it. Many in Israel did it that way with Josiah because Josiah had given them an ultimatum. Josiah had told them, whoever doesn't show up, something's going to happen to him. Remember what he said to them? They're going to be dead. Would you show up? I would too. So many out of fear showed up. I'm going to give you some amazing words in Jeremiah. See, when you take scripture and you compare it with another scripture, you find out some truth 
that you otherwise don't know. In Jeremiah chapter 3, Jeremiah is speaking at this very time to Israel. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 6. Then the Lord said to me in the days of Josiah the king. Wow. The Lord said to me in the days of Josiah the king. Have you seen what faithless Israel did? She went up on every high hill and under every green tree, and she was a harlot there. And I thought, after she had done all these things, she would return to me, but she did not return, and her treacherous sister Judah saw it. And I saw that for all the adulteries of faithless Israel, I had sent her away and given her a right of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but she went and was a harlot also. Now God is comparing harlotry and adultery with having other idols in their life. More gods than the one true God. They had God, but they also kept their other gods. And it says in verse 9, And it came about because of the lightness of her harlotry that she polluted the land and committed adultery with stones and trees. And yet in spite of all this, her treacherous sister Judah did not return to me. How did they not return to God? Someone finish it? With their whole heart. But rather in deception, declares the Lord. And that's what Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 was begging the church at Corinth not to do. He said, do it from your whole heart. Make this a celebration of Jesus Christ in here, in your heart. Come to him with preparation of what God, a celebration that God spared your life. Yes, he forgave all your sins. He spared you from hellfire. But also do it with opening up your heart just like Jordan did on Wednesday. We're saying, God, what are you going to do with me? I give you my whole heart again. Do whatever you want with me. And then be prepared for action. Because God always takes a person like that and does something with them. He leads you out from where you are into a world of action. A world of action. He's going to use everyone who does this with him. That's how the Lord has spoken it to me. That's what I want to pass on to you this morning. And now we'll celebrate it together. And as we celebrate it together, um, if you have a song that comes on your heart, if you have a prayer that you simply want to lead us into, if you have a word of testimony that you want to share as the rest of us are filing through the, and getting, please share it with us. Or if you have a heart of care for someone else and you want to lead us into that prayer, let it be an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ this morning from your heart. Father, we come to you. We just bless you and praise you. We thank you for this amazing time. You have led us, Lord, into a deeper truth of this experience. And I pray each one of us, your children, from our hearts, 
would come and draw near and prepare our hearts for our God to do something with us. And in that preparation, Lord, I pray that you would fill us with that celebration spirit that we celebrate the glorious redemption you have brought to us as your people and what you're going to do with us in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. We can have a song maybe. Um, Anthony or Dave, lead us through it. eternal life that he gave to us. Please come and share with me. Uh, I would love to do this more with you, together as a body. And we'll pray together and see how the Lord leads us in this celebration of his life uh, that he so freely gave to us. <clears throat> also, one more announcement. Um, we've been praying, uh, some of us as a ministry team, about how the Lord... Uh, wants to build us up. And the one word the Lord kept bringing to me is build up one another. Build up one another. Thessalonians, Paul says that and throughout the scriptures. Therefore, let us build each other up in Romans 14. Let us do those things which build each other up. Uh, and, and the Lord gave me this construction vision because, you know, I'm in construction. Well, when, when you go to build something, those of us guys who know construction especially, Judd, do you just look at that pile of lumber and say, be a barn? Not quite. You, you show up and there's just a big stack of lumber there. What do you do? What? Okay. Lincoln logs. Kids, how do you build Lincoln logs? You blow them up? Not quite. Yes, Sherry. Yeah? What did you do? Do you just put them all in a big pile? What do you do? Yeah, you fit them into each other, don't you? You look for the pieces that fit. Yes, Chris. Mm. Yeah. That's right. It's, it's true. You've got to get a picture in your mind. But the way we do it is the first thing that happens when a building gets sold, the first next step is the architect. He puts it into a plan on the CAD program, and he draws it up elevations to what the customer ordered. And now, from that until the time the building is completed, everybody follows the plan. It's clear on paper. Do you have a plan? Yes, we do. The architect drew it up for us. His name is Jesus. And he told us how to build each other up. And the plan is all right there. It's clear do's and don'ts. It's hammer and nail kind of stuff. It's somebody holds the board and hammers it. But before that, Somebody takes the board and measures it and cuts it to fit, right? It's intentional, specific 
Instruction followed work, or else it, it's going to go wrong. And things won't fit properly. And if things don't fit properly, it's not a nightmare right away, but eventually it's going to look a little weird. And when the storms of life come, it's not going to hold together well, is it? It's going to come crashing down. And that's us. Jesus said so at the end of the Sermon on the Mount where he gave us all those instructions of how to be a disciple of Jesus. You remember what he said? There's a wise builder and there's a foolish one. The foolish one builds to whatever he wants to build on the sand. And what happens when the storm comes? It blows up. And the house, Jesus said, great was the fall of that house. But the other one, who built carefully, dug deep, put it on a foundation. Jesus said, so is every one of you who reads my words and does not do them. You're a foolish one. Your life is a foolish one. You'll crumble. But those who hear my words and do them, he's the wise person. She is the wise person. And when the storm of life will hit you, you'll stand. And so I've been pondering and praying, Lord, how do we build each other up? So one of the ways we'd like to do it is, in the last few years that we've been a church family here together, is we brothers haven't really gotten together a lot. Uh, we as a ministry team, we meet once a month and pray together and look into the word for direction and mutual encouragement. And, but the rest of us has been, you know, more one-on-one. -on -one. So one of these building each other up things that the Lord has uh, given us to, to begin to do is to build fellowship. And so uh, we would like to at least beginning uh, once a quarter, maybe, uh, we'll see how the Lord leads us, but we'd like to start with one is have an evening of Brothers Fellowship Night where we can build each other up. And uh, I think we have a couple chefs, Anthony and uh, Anthony and Carrie, and maybe some of you others will jump in on this who want to cook up something. Uh, I'll, I'll let you ask them what that's all going to look like. Um, but we'll just come together for an evening of brothers building each other up. And, and I think Katie and some of you ladies have been doing this actually more than we brothers have. You've been coming together and having these little uh, tea times and so on. And it's been something the Lord has put on my heart is that's a lack. You need to encourage one another. And we'll see where the Lord takes these fellowship nights. I think it's going to be, I'm excited for it. I'm, I think the Lord's going to use it to actually strengthen each other in our faith towards him. Uh, we'll let you know, we'll give you a... Uh, a date, uh, maybe in a month from now or so, we'll see how much time Anthony and Carrie need to, to kind of put it together, and then we'll, we'll let you know on that. And as you have ideas, please come to us, and we can talk about it as brothers, and dream it, and put it together as the Lord leads us, together. Anthony, do you have anything else? Okay, let's rise to our feet, and uh, we'll dismiss in prayer, and Father, we stand amazed. In the presence, your presence this morning. Oh Lord, I pray that as we leave this place,
with this prepared heart. A heart overflowing with the celebration of you. That you would now take first place. The preeminence. Take the first place in everything in my life. And if there's anything else, Lord, that is taking a preeminence or the first place, show me. And give me the grace to in faith take that out of my life and put you there. And fasten it with a nail and a hammer. You tell us in Ecclesiastes, the wise man's words are fastened together with a hammer and a nail so that they hold forever. Oh, do that in our lives, I pray. Tomorrow, from this day forward, you build us, Lord. Unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain who build it. So we come. I'm just a two by four. Nail me together wherever you want. In Jesus' name.